morning and welcome to Green Tea Conversations, the radio show that delves into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to bring you the local experts who share their progressive ideas and the latest information and insights needed so you can lead your best life. I'm your host, Candy Broffel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine, and I am honored to bring these experts to you. Today in our studio, we have Dr. Carl Anderson of Sedation and Implant Dentistry, which is located right here in St. Paul. Welcome to the show, Dr. Anderson. Well, thank you, Candy. So you have been practicing dentistry for quite a long time, since 1985. In 1981, actually, uh, I received my dental doctor of dental degree in 1981 from the University of Minnesota. But I did uh, go into specialty training and received a degree in 1985, a Master's of Science in Periodontics, which is treatment of gum disease. And so that is just one of the areas in which you you do treatments is. Uh, with the periodontics, yes, which uh, we're going to talk about in a bit too. Yes, uh, periodontics is uh, one of the recognized specialties of dentistry. But um, I uh, chose very quickly, within a year or two of uh, after I graduated from that program, to lift my limitation. Meaning, if you are a specialist in dentistry, you're limited to that that particular um, uh, uh, field of uh, focus. And you can't do many of the other procedures, but uh, within, I think it was two years, I lifted my limitation and started practicing general dentistry with a focus on sedative and implant dentistry or sedation implant dentistry as my primary focus. And over the years, uh, I've been tested and I'm a diplomat surgeon at International Congress of Oral Implantology. Um, I am certified in in, um, sedation training. And so... um, But I've always been very naturally minded and over a period of time, and in fact, the last couple of years, um, my focus has become a combination of naturopathic medicine and and how it relates to dentistry. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you are board-certified doctor of integrative biologic dental medicine, and you're also a naturopathic medical doctor. Yes, that is correct. Although in the practice we're practicing, I'm practicing as a dentist. But I have those knowledge areas, and so therefore we've integrated that within the practice. So let's talk about that a little bit. What are what are some of the things that you're able to integrate uh, as far as looking at more of a holistic approach yeah. with your with your patients? Well, I think the biggest uh, focus, the biggest reality when we're ta- when I'm talking with patients is that. Uh, we can't, you know, in in the past, I mean, it's not like people are just chopping off their head and leaving it at my office and I fix their teeth and then they come pick up their head at the end of the day. <laughs> that head is uh, connected to the rest of the body. And it's always surprising a lot of people, uh, well, for instance, we even have acupuncturists in hospitals, mm-hmm. okay? Right. An acupuncturist understands the meridians within the body, the energy meridians. Well, did uh, God just leave those out of the mouth? No, in fact, the head and neck area is the most innervated area. 80% of the innervation is on the uh, dental innervations. And so the teeth are very much connected energetically to other organs, uh, organ systems, and can drastically affect the health of those organ systems if, in fact, the teeth themselves are unhealthy or vice versa. And so you really take a look at the entire the entire person as yeah, with what you practice. Yes, yeah, so we're practicing basically holistic dentistry. Mm-hmm. Although I will also say that, you know, that's a term that's not well defined by, uh, by the profession. 
And, and there's more and more doctors that are – there's more – and in fact, more and more uh, dentists are receiving their naturopathic MD certification in a program out in New Jersey, the same one I went to, uh, American College of Integrative Medicine and Dentistry. And uh, in fact, we uh, just have a new oral surgeon in town that just received his certification and uh, he got graduated last uh, Saturday night. Oh, well, yeah, Dr. that is great. Dr. Yes. Mark Waskowski. And uh, I do refer – at times, to oral surgeon uh, for a very difficult thing, but I tend to want to send them to somebody that understands the connection to the rest of the body. And so now we have someone here in we town. We have Dr. Mark Raskowski, yes. Great. So I, I don't think a lot of people really understand um, the importance of good oral health yeah. when it comes to your overall health. Yeah. So in some ways, you, know, you and I were talking just before the show and kind of chit-chatting a little bit, and you were telling me about uh, some of the connections to oral health and breast cancer. Yeah, there's tremendous uh, correlation between that. In Europe, they've actually had studies and and for instance, in the Paracelsus, Paracelsus Clinic, which is one of the largest integrative cancer therapy centers in the world, um, more naturally, uh, more a natural approach to their therapies, and they have just as high, if not higher, success rates than we do here in the United States for treating cancers. Um, you're not allowed in the front door without a dental screening. Any metals that are in your mouth have to come out. Any root canals in your mouth have to come out. Uh, they check jaw bones for holes in the jawbone called cavitations, where previous teeth were removed, but the bone didn't heal, trapping bacteria in the bone. All those cavitations have to be cleaned out. Um, you know, they, any, any heavy, heavy metals at all have to be out of the mouth, or they're not going to treat you for the cancer. Now, I've studied with these doctors, uh, studying neurotherapy, and I, in a big room one day, I thought, well, I'm going to get them to say it verbally. And I said, well, excuse me, doc, I mean, that seems sort of... Uh, a little bit extreme. He wouldn't even start treating the cancer patient. And he got quite irritated at me in front of everybody and uh, made me an example, I guess, by asking <laughs> that question. But he, he said, excuse me, doctor, but why would you treat the cancer when you're not getting rid of the cause? Mm. Now, he said that, and I can't say that in the United States, but I will tell you there's a very, very high correlation between breast cancer and root canal teeth on certain certain particular teeth, posterior upper uh, molars, for instance, lower bicuspid. Uh, there is a very high correlation. And there has been many studies showing oral bacteria in many different types of cancer tumors. Oral bacteria have been found in, f for instance, uh, heart plaques, that thereby mm -hmm. leading to uh, heart disease, and of course, periodontal disease, but also a, a disease called chronic apical periodontitis, which is really a root canal tooth. At the apex, at the root of every root canal tooth, there's a response going on, and there's generally a high percentage of certain bacteria. Well, those bacteria are quite often found uh, in prostate tumors. They're found in breast cancer tumors. They're found in ovary, ovarian cancer tumors. I mean, that, that link is uh, very well established. So you said there are a couple of different teeth when we uh, earlier that are pretty much linked yeah. Th that have a link to breast yeah. cancer. And you said it was the lower bicuspid? Lower second bicuspid and the upper uh, second and, and first molars. And why would that be? What is it? Because they're energetically connected on the meridians, okay. acupuncture meridians. Okay. Now, these things are not 100%. The body can just be weakened. I mean, and cancer is just a dysbiosis. Mm -hmm. Okay. We all have cancer cells every single day. We have mutated cells in our body. But our immune system, if it's strong enough, recognizes 
that mutation and it'll gobble up that defective cell. Mm -hmm. We have trillions of these mutations every day. But if our immune system is strong, we don't have a problem. But as soon as our system becomes weakened, we become in dysbiosis. And that can be what's called the biological terrain, meaning we could have toxins in our systems. Uh, we could have, uh, we could be exposure to, uh, you know, there's t we live in a toxic environment with the air, the food we breathe, the water we're drinking. Uh, many different things affect us, but uh, nutritional deficiencies. And if our immune system is weakened, of course, we don't recognize that defective cell. And then it starts replicating. Once it starts replicating, it has to go on for quite a period of time before it becomes noticeable enough that we would diagnose a case of cancer. Okay. So what do you recommend for people who are coming into your office? And um, so I know that you're... You do a lot of work, as all doc dentists do, with periodontics. But say somebody comes in and they are having a lot of swelling of the gums or, you know, just not taking care of the teeth well enough. Yeah. How is that going to affect their overall health? Well, there's the link between uh, gum disease and and uh, heart disease is very, very much established. Um, you know, Alzheimer's, a list of other chronic, all the chronic human ailments are linked basically to, to oral health. So the first thing we would do is a very thorough screening exam and uh, usually a cone beam CAT scan x-ray, you know. And uh, what is that? Well, a cone beam allows us to look in 3D. It's a 3D Okay. Uh, capability. And we have focused, comb beam allows for a minimum amount of radiation. So it's not the same as a medical scan, uh, for instance, uh, a 3D scan. It's a comb beam CAT scan, which minimizes radiation. So it's, it's a very safe uh, procedure to have done. It's really don't no different than what many dentists already use, which is a panoramic x-ray. Mm -hmm. Except in a panoramic, you're viewing a panoramic view, you're viewing in two-dimensional. So right now I'm holding up my hand and I'm putting, you know, my left hand and I've got my palm open, but behind it I've got my right hand clenched. Okay, so you're looking at two-dimensional and you're saying there's nothing there. Right. right. Now if I turn it in a couple different angles, you say, well, wait a minute, your right hand's there. And it's the same thing we can do with a uh, comb beam cast scan. We can take any view and look at it in uh, three-dimensional. I mean, we can look at the back side, the front side, the upside down side. The, we can, you know, turn it sideways, and we can see things that we can't normally see on a dental X-ray. So, is that something that a lot of dentists have in their office? Or? Yeah, unfortunately, not. Uh, you know, a lot of doctors that do implantology now have adapted to the comb beam because you know we, it gives us ability to know the volume of bone that we have available to put an implant into. Okay. For instance, we can see where the nerve is running in the, let's say, the lower jaw. We can better localize where that nerve is. Or a lot of surgeons have comb beam capability because they want to be able to look at the, the tooth in three dimension to see how it sits within the jaw. Great. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Anderson. Uh, to learn more or to make an appointment with Dr. Anderson, you can visit toothbuilder.com or call 651 735 Four six six one. Again, that number is 651-735-4661. You can find a podcast of this show on AM950 Radio, on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, and we will be right back. 
Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. Today we're talking with Dr. Carl Anderson of Sedation and Implant Dentistry, which is located in St. Paul, uh, very near to us here at the studios. So before we left, we were talking about overall health and the importance of good dental care, good oral health. And one of the things that you kind of touched on and I, I didn't go back to was the cavitations. Mm-hmm. Is that what you called it, cavitations? Yes, cavitation is uh, basically a, it's a hole or a cavity in the bone, in the long bone. These are uh, actually been noted in histology in other long bones of the body, usually in result of trauma. But in the mouth, it quite often is uh, in relationship to, for instance, wisdom teeth are a very common sight to see them where the surgeon goal was just to, was to remove the tooth, and he got the tooth out. He allowed the socket to bleed and said, okay, see you later. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's only half the procedure. Once you get the tooth out, you have to clean that ligament. You have to clean that socket to bride it, clean it real well. And then, of course, in our office, we use a lot of medical-grade ozone, but we percolate medical-grade ozone in there. There's another option of putting in platelet-rich fibrin, which is your own blood. We derive a platelet-rich fibrin clot, which is antimicrobial, but it also has stem cells and bone morphogenic proteins, your own blood. So it's a biological graft from yourself. We can put that back in the socket and usually get good healing without a cavitation. But it may be that the patient also had low vitamin D3 level. You know, in Minnesota, I mean, most of my patients I test during winter are low into vitamin D3 unless they know specifically about it and supplement. Uh, I would say 90% of my patients are vitamin D3 deficient. Okay. And so how does that impact it? Well, you're, you can't have good bone healing without good vitamin D3. Mm-hmm. And, and again, unknowingly, a lot of allopathic doctors say, well, I prescribe them my patient, you know, vitamin D. Well, they give them vitamin D2, which the body may not be converting. I've had patients that were extremely high on vitamin D2, but that's not the act of uh, D vitamin. You need D3. If your body can't convert D2, well, you can take all of it you want. You're not going to convert. So you have to have vitamin D3 in this as a supplement. So it's really important to know that ahead of time. I mean, if you're if you're looking at going in and having a tooth removed or having some kind of surgery yeah. done, to really think about ahead of time, yeah. how can I prepare my body yeah. to for best healing? Yeah. And so that's just one of the things. Yeah, one of the things. And a good bone healing, of course, everybody automatically thinks, well, calcium, I'll, I'll take more calcium. Eh, wrong answer. No, you don't want more <laughs> calcium. Most of us have enough calcium in our diet. What you need is vitamin K2 to bring calcium intracellularly. Otherwise, you're going to have calcium circulating in your bloodstream and actually possibly causing problems. In fact, uh, a doctor named Thomas Levy, a medical doctor, actually wrote a book, Death by Calcium, where he talks about that. And so what is, what is it that it causes? Well, arteriosclerosis. I mean, it would cause calcium deposits in your carotid arteries and the heart arteries on valves. And mm. so it's, it's actually a big problem. And a lot of people don't know that. Many doctors just don't even know that. So if you're looking at going in for some type of surgery, first of all, take a look at your vitamin D3, K2. Yeah. What else can people do to prepare? I, I think, well, anything that can supplement the immune system. Okay. Prior to uh, big surgeries in our office, I quite often suggest to patients that they have high-dose vitamin C. Okay. High-dose vitamin C is very antitoxin. 
It can also help with active infections to cut down infections. But it can, it, you still have to remove the source of the infection. That's the problem. I mean, you can't, there's no magic bullet. To, ozone can be uh, used uh, as a preparatory um, medicine, in essence, ozone gas. Inject it right into a uh, bone site or inject it right into tissue to help minimize um, in, uh, pathogens and help upregulate the body's immune system. And is the, that something that you do right before the procedure? Is that something you do uh, on the vitamin C? That can be done a couple, couple, couple times uh, prior to the procedure. And there's a lot of good practitioners in town using high dose vitamin C. <laughs> I um, am integrated. I'm an integrative dentist, so I'm integrated with a lot of other healthcare providers that provide integrative care. And there's uh, Dr. Kotelski, Dr. Elise Hamilton. Uh, vitamin drip in Minnesota. Those are all places where people can get IV nutrition. Why IV and not just taking orally? I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> well, because most people's digestive system is all messed up. Their microbiome and their bacteria are not right. So then all of a sudden we're giving them oral, oral uh, nutrients and expecting that they're going to absorb them. They may or they may not. If they've had a lot of antibiotics in their life, I will basically say that their digestive system is already in dysbiosis. Again, a precursor to what? Maybe cancer, maybe other debilitating diseases. You know, in naturopathic school, our first lecture and our first uh, series of courses was basically the, the gut health, you mm -hmm. know? And there's been practitioners throughout the year that, that basically, you know, all life and death really begins in the gut. You know, most of our gut, we have all these good bacteria and we have some bad bacteria. We have them in balance. They're in biosis. But if you give oral antibiotics, just one course of oral antibiotic will disrupt the oral flora, or the gut flora, for up to six months. Right. So unless that patient is specifically treating themselves with probiotics or foods with natural probiotic capacity, fermented kimchi, uh, uh, fermented uh, kombucha, um, um, fermented uh, yogurt, you know, mm -hmm. kefir. Mm -hmm. And these things to put in it naturally in the food and or they can take a very good quality uh, probiotic. Mm -hmm. But I take probiotics on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. Part of the, all my search, um, you know, in naturopathic medicine and, and how this all integrates is I myself was a product of allopathic medicine and problems. And so... Um, you know, for instance, my mother died of Alzheimer's disease. I carry the Alzheimer's genes. I was tested after I'm staring at my newest and coolest grandson eight years ago, and I couldn't remember his name for oh the life of me. I got a little frightened, so I went to a doctor, and I found out I have the Alzheimer's genes. And uh, the thing was, well, you probably got the early onset Alzheimer's. Okay, in our few years, you're going to be in a nursing home. Wow. Well, that wasn't a real good answer for me. Okay? There's no medicine that treats Alzheimer's effectively. We know that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I started looking at what I needed to do, and I ended up going to a functional medicine doctor. Now, functional medicine doctors, they may be an MD. They may not be an MD. They possibly, most often, this the area of medicine got flooded primarily with chiropractors because chiropractors don't have the ability to prescribe. So the functional medicine doctor, the focus is to find the root cause of the problem. And there's gazillions of biochemical pathways in the body, detoxification pathways and all sorts of things. But the functional medicine doctor will do a lot of testing to try to dial in and like a detective, find out what's causing the problem to begin with. You know, somebody didn't fall off a rock 
and need high blood pressure medication. They didn't have a high blood pressure medication deficiency. Right. The blood pressure went up for a reason. So what is the reason behind it? And this is what you wanted to do for yourself is yeah. to really go in and find out what you could do to prevent yeah, exactly. that onset. I mean, that's I went to a functional medicine doctor and it was my diet. There were certain things I was eating. I'm, I tend to be gluten sensitive. I have previous brain damage. And because of that gluten sensitivity, I was causing inflammation in my system, which was causing a clogging in my brain. And I, I couldn't function normal. Well, let's talk about that when we come yeah. back as well. We'll get into that a little bit more. So if you would like to make an appointment with Dr. Anderson, visit toothbuilder.com or call 651-735-4661. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, and we will be right back. back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Broffel, and today we're talking with Dr. Carl Anderson of Sedation and Implant Dentistry, located in St. Paul. So, Dr. Anderson, just before we left, you were telling us a little bit about your own background and, mm -hmm. and what got you interested in naturopathy and um, holistic approaches, which was mainly the fact that you started to notice some some deficiencies maybe in your memory that and with your history, fam, family history of Alzheimer's, you really wanted to get on top of that. Yeah. And so there has been a lot of studies done and, and we're hearing more and more every day about our nutrition and our the toxins that we are a part of every day that we are exposed to every day and how that impacts our health. And that's really what naturopathic medicine and functional medicine is all about, is trying to get into those root causes. Correct. So, and, and you do that as well in your dental practice. Yes. Inflammation is at the basis of every chronic human ailment. So we remove the toxins, remove the, the causes of inflammation, and then we support the body with the proper nutrition. For instance, Dale Bredesen has a famous book on ending Alzheimer's, but Dale Bredesen took 100 moderate to severe Alzheimer patients and reversed all of them back to normal health with good diet. But I don't know exactly this if, in fact, Dr. Bredesen, you know, if those patients were already healthy in their mouth or not. But if they're not healthy in their mouth, just like the patient that has breast cancer, if you don't deal with some of the original sources of the toxin, they're destined to have recurrence. Okay, I see it all day long on patients that come to see me, meaning they had it before, were successfully in remission, and now they have it again. What's going on? Well, they never removed the source of the irritant. They right. never removed the original cause. Okay. And so, I mean, you know, I mean, it's common sense things. Obviously, you can't be smoker. You, know, you shouldn't be smoking. You shouldn't be drinking you know, a six-pack every night. I mean, you know, if you're going to do that, you're not going to live a long life. And, you know, generally speaking, unless you have some extremely good genetics, right. detoxification pathways. But even, uh, you know, there's even the MTHFR gene. For instance, if you've got the MTHFR gene, you can't detoxify. You can't methylate. And if you can't methylate, you're going to pick up every toxin, every pesticide, every lawn you ever walked through that was sprayed with chemicals, and you're going to absorb those into your body, and your body can't get rid of them properly, and those people get really sick fairly quickly. So most of the people that have that genetic uh, gene SNP, I have one daughter that has it, um, they end up knowing about it fairly quickly. 
So how do they find out about it? Is well, that, that can be done by, it? again, more uh, a lot of allopathic doctors uh, may know about it. They may not. I mean, if they don't, then I wouldn't go to that doctor. But uh, you could maybe go to a normal allopath. But certainly all the functional medicine doctors know that. So they can do the testing and find yeah. out if yeah, you carry those gen, genes or not. Gene snips, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So one of the things that you, um, of course, do is to treat the inflammation or to treat infections of the yeah. mouth. Yeah. And um, what are some of the methods that you use for treating? Well, I mean, again, the main reason why you would have infection, you have to get rid of the source. If you have gum disease, you have to get rid of the calculus and debris on the rest surfaces. You have to have somebody, you have to train somebody to take better care of their mouth, come on more frequent uh, visits. That would be one thing. Uh, you would look if they have root canals. Do you look... Uh, look in 3D and see if you can see a recurrent abscess on that tooth. Quite often you can in 3D comb beam. You can't see it necessarily on an x-ray. If you have cavitations, you look at that. If they have heavy metals in their mouth, okay, such as amalgam fillings, which has a high percentage, mostly percentage of mercury, up to 52% mercury, you maybe look at that. Now, I can't tell a patient they should or shouldn't do anything. My basis is just to inform them. And give them the information, but I'm giving them the other side of the equation that they're not getting at the traditional offices. There's some really good books out there. The one book that I recommend uh, and I give to every patient that comes in for a consult, I just give them the book. I probably have given out 500 books in the last year, but it's called Hidden Epidemics. Again, Hidden Epidemic is written by Thomas Levy, but he talks in the, you know, that book is basically how silent oral infections are, are causing most heart attacks and cancers. Mm. Yeah, You know, I think about, I have uh, some stepbrothers who mm. have passed away of heart disease, and both of them had really bad oral infections. They had root canals, and they had trouble with their teeth. Yeah. Both of them had had teeth removed before they were 50 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, the majority of the teeth yeah. removed. And you think about that. It's like, wow, you know, that that connection... Yeah. When we didn't know about that before, how many people are really facing a lot of serious health problems that could be greatly reduced or even healed? Yeah. Just taking a look at the source of that. Yeah, when I first became a dentist in 1981, for about the first 10 years of my dental practice, I actually had a lot of patients that would be referred by an oncologist prior to undergoing chemotherapy. And they would send them to me to have an oral screen done and remove any possible infectious sources in their mouth before the chemotherapy. Mm. That was then. In the last 25 years, I've never seen a referral from an oncologist. So what do you think changed? Well, I believe they believe their medications, their chemotherapies and everything can just overpower everything. I believe that's what. Similar when you're talking about infections in the mouth. I mean, a lot of people think, well, just give me an antibiotic. Well, if I give you that antibiotic, understand we're going to destroy good bacteria in your gut. We're going to disrupt your gut flora. I will prescribe an antibiotic because there's sometimes where you absolutely need a medication. I'm not anti-medication. I mean, right. if it's life or death, sometimes you need a medication. But there's a lot of other things you can do topically and, and, and uh, locally. For instance, medical-grade ozone putting that in the tissues. So let's talk about that a little bit. A lot of people, you know, are not aware of yeah. what... Medical what ozone, is, ozone yeah. is. So what is ozone? Well, uh, you know, uh, you, obviously there you're breathing, you have O2 in it. That's what we call oxygen. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there's a molecule that can be created through electrolysis called 
o ozone, which is basically O3. Now, this has been used for hundreds of years. In fact, in Germany, I think uh, even uh, almost 100 years ago, they started using medical-grade ozone to disinfect the water. That's what they used to treat their water, to mm. get clean water. I think it's Bonheim, Germany, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, But it was used in dental procedure going way back into the early 1900s. But it's sort of uh, – it's only become popular in the United States in the last few years, okay? Uh, there are some places, uh, the I, International Association of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, IAOMT.org. You can go on that site. You can find a doctor that's uh, fluent and understands ozone and has medical ozone generators. Now, I'm not talking about – one of these air purifiers you put in a room and, and you can make ozone. You, you can do that and it, and it will help purify the air a little bit. But ozone is not something that you really want to breathe a lot of because our lungs don't have protection against ozone, neither do our eyes. So you want somebody that understands ozone and what it is, okay? But pathogens do not have any, def they don't have a way to defend themselves. They don't have antioxidant. And ozone is really oxidative therapy. It causes a transient oxidative burst in the area you put it into, and you can actually get ozone into your blood. In fact, I've successfully treated my own malaria. I've successfully treated my own uh, Lyme with both ozone and high-dose vitamin C. I've never taken a medication for either of those two diseases, and I've had both of them severe. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Are there places that actually use it for treatment of those? Yes. Uh, some of those places I mentioned, Dr. Jeff Katalski, Donna Mankato, Dr. Elise Hamilton, uh, uh, vitamin Drip Minnesota, and there's many more. I mean, there's uh, um, <clears throat> uh, Dr. Hopkins in Minneapolis, okay, downtown Minneapolis. So there's, and I don't want to leave anybody out because there's a lot right. of good practitioners right. around. But you have to, you have to be proactive. You got to go on the internet. You got to search this a little bit. You got to, you know, if you're just, you don't want your, if you and, and unfortunately, a lot of these therapies they're not covered under your insurance. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Government's not going to send cover all this for people one way or another, you know, or your insurance company. They're in the money to make. They're they're in the business to make money. Insurance companies' viewpoint is they're there to make money. They're not there to make you healthy. And so they have. There their, are no, there isn't a lot of money in good healthy people. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, there's basically, yeah, I mean, we have a sick care industry in this country, and that's what all the system is set up for sick care. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're talking about some of these therapies, unfortunately, some are not covered, okay? I mean, there are traditional things. If I extract a tooth, I'm charging for a tooth extraction, and that's covered under a lot of dental insurance policies. But they're not necessarily going to cover if I put in platelet-rich fibrin. They may or they may not, you know, but... Uh, but certainly using platelet-rich fibrin makes more sense as, an, as a, a stimulant to help heal the body. So one of the uh, the other things that you do, and you, there's so many things that we could talk about today, mm -hmm. so um, I want to try to touch on as many things as we can, but one of the things that you do is implants. And you, mm -hmm. you have different types of implants that you use. Yeah. One of them that you use is a bioceramic yeah. implant. So... Why do you prefer or why do you like to use the bioceramic? Well, what's happened, and, uh, you know, and this goes back after, you know, again, placing dental implants since 19, I think, 82 was my first implantation. Since then, I probably would safely say I would in the realm of 70,000 titanium implants. But back in the day, there was only a couple of manufacturers of titanium mm -hmm. implants, okay? 
I was trained in the Brandemark technique out of uh, Sweden, and of course they had years and years of research. That was where the original titanium implant research came from. And they had a pure titanium implant, but that material wasn't the most ideal in the mouth. They eventually evolved to a titanium alloy, which all the titanium implants today are a titanium alloy. But titanium, we used to say it was bioinert. We didn't have, there was nobody allergic to titanium. I mean, it's the same thing that's used if you have a hip or you have a knee, right. it might be titanium. Well, ask any orthopedic surgeon now if we don't have problems with some of those hips and knees. They're being redone left and right. Well, why? Because the body has sensitive, gotten sensitized to titanium, okay? Now, uh, I was looking at a pack of juicy fruit gum. One of the ingredients, titanium dioxide. I started looking and started seeing titanium dioxide in deodorants and all these different areas uh, of, of things we're being exposed to on a virtually a daily basis. Maybe we've sensitized the body to titanium, and that's why we're seeing problems with titanium. I'm not saying all patients that have titanium. Majority of people has to, can still have a titanium implant and not have a problem. But there are some people... They have the best oral hygiene, they have no problem, they have no other reasons, but they develop a sensitivity to titanium, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, and, you know, their titanium implant, the bone around it just starts eroding away until pretty soon we have to take it out. So that's why a search for a more biocompatible implant came about. And so that's why you started looking into the bioceramic. Yeah. So we're going to get into that a little bit yeah. more as we go along today. Um, I do want to say uh, we have you have touched on a little bit about the amalgam fillings, mm -hmm. um, and if people are interested, they can go back and take a look at a or go back and listen to a previous show that we did with Dr. Amy Truong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she did talk about that quite a bit. So to learn more and to make an appointment, with Dr. Anderson, visit toothbuilder.com. Or call 651-735-4661. Again, that number is 651-735-4661. You can find a podcast of this show on AM950 Radio, on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM950, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're talking with Dr. Carl Anderson of Sedation and Implant Dentistry, which is located in St. Paul. And just before the break, uh, you were telling us about titanium implants mm -hmm. and uh, p how people have kind of developed a sensitivity or may have developed a sensitivity to titanium. So you were looking for an alternative. Mm -hmm. And the one that you, you have two different ones that you use, but let's start off by talking about the bioceramic. Yeah. Yeah. Primarily, most of the implantology I do now is bioceramic implantology, just because of the knowledge I have on the biocorrosion and the fact that metal gives off ions. We have actually, uh, we've seen, I've seen micro photographs of basically uh, of a macrophage or a white blood cell that has gobbled up uh, titanium ion. Mm -hmm. Now, if you understand immunology and that macrophage reports that right back to the lymph node and your body starts registering, okay, there's this is a foreign invader, this is a foreign body. Now all of a sudden you have autoimmunity to your own implant mm -hmm. or your knee or your hip. 
And they're seeing this in the orthopedic surgery. That's why orthopedes are in the same boat, and they're actually developing the same materials. A lot of the materials we use in dental, dentistry really come from the orthopedic arena, okay? But uh, zirconium, which is the bioceramic implant, and now zirconium is a, it would be a transitional metal. We're not talking zirconium. We're talking about a, a ceramic made from zirconium, which becomes zirconia, zirconia and zirconium... Uh, bioceramic material is the same material that was been used in orthopedic surgery, although the early versions, they, you know, were not strong enough. So like everything, technology has improved it to the point where you can take a hammer now and smash these things. They, they, they won't break. Okay. They're very, very um, strong. The Europeans are really ahead of us on this uh, quite a bit. And the European and most of the uh, ceramic companies really, the dental ceramic uh, implants come out of Europe, okay, Germany or Switzerland. And there's some nuances to each system. So there's, you know, depending on the doctor's, you know, comfort level with different uh, systems, they'll, they'll end up choosing which particular system they use. I've used a few of them and uh, have settled on a one particular one for a reason. It's a Swiss company and it's a good product. Um, but in either case, um, they're different though. I mean, the body doesn't respond to zirconia the same, okay? Meaning, I put in a zirconia implant, the body doesn't get inflammation. So mm -hmm. the body's not going to heal it via inflammation. So we're not going to get osteosclerotic bone integrating that implant. It's a different process. But that's also where I've come to really understand the importance of good bone health and making sure we have proper nutrition, good vitamin D3 level. Uh, I think for years, I mean, we put in titanium implants, we didn't pay attention about vitamin D3, and they still worked. Okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. So because the body is healing it differently, it worked. But it I don't necessarily. inflammation. Yeah, I don't want to cause inflammation. I don't right. want to cause a osteosclerotic bone, I want normal bone up against that implant in a process called integration. And that's what the zirconia implants give us. So how often do you do the implants? Are you doing implants on a daily basis? Yeah, in on your a daily office? basis. Yeah. yeah. And so people are getting them in place of if they have to have a tooth removed or... Yeah. Yeah, they, they, you know, they, we give patients options again. I mean, here's here's your options if you had a tooth, a missing tooth. You can live with the missing tooth. Right. Okay, that's one option. But when you don't have stimulus to the bone, you're going to lose more bone because bone is a function is a functional uh, organ. So if there's no stimulus to the bone, there's no reason for it to be there, and you're going to lose bone um, uh, And when you density. lose bone... Yeah, I mean, it's no different than a person gets a cast put on their leg. You ever see somebody with a cast cut off their leg? Yeah. I mean, that leg's about half the size of the other one, right? <laughs> you have atrophy of the bone, you have atrophy of the muscle because it wasn't being used. So same in the mouth. You know, if you have a missing tooth, over a period of time, you're going to lose quite a bit of bone. So sometimes where we have to actually create more bone. Now, again, I do that with more natural components, your own blood and uh, synthetic tricalcium phosphate. I'm not a big believer in using other people's bones, which is what mo is most often used. Uh, for bone grafting nowadays, but in either case, uh, if you put in a, you have an option of putting an implant for one missing tooth or two missing teeth, or you have an option of a partial denture. Now, a partial denture is something that comes in and out of the mouth. Mm -hmm. And again, we have biomaterials now that are bio biocompatible. We don't, we have partial dentures. They don't have to be metal. 
okay? And so we have some very biocompatible materials that we utilize. Um, so those are the different, or a three-unit bridge or a four-unit bridge. You could do a prepared tooth on either side of the space and then fabricate a uh, bridge that cements down over the teeth and has a couple fake teeth in between. That would be a, a traditional bridge. And every dentist knows how to do a traditional bridge. I mean, we learned those in dental school. So it just, you kind of talk to your patients about which option is best for yeah. them. And yeah, and it depends a little bit on their with. biocompatibility. And then we can even test now. We can do submit a test for biocompatibility and all the known dental materials sold in the United States. So I can go right down a list and know if uh, a composite filling material that I'm going to use is going to be sensitive on you, but it might be okay for me. Okay, so everybody's individual, our body's individual, and so we have to look at an individual approach to any of this kind of therapy. And what might be, you might be totally happy and okay with a partial denture, but some people don't want something that's removable. Right. So right. then that's where you have to start talking maybe implantology or traditional bridge work. So we, we only have a couple of minutes left mm -hmm. in today's show, so thank you for being with us. But one of the things that I did want to um, touch on with you is sedation. Mm -hmm. There should be no reason why people don't go in and get good yeah. dental care. And one of the things that you do is you provide sedation for people who have dental anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I started that back in about 1985. I went out to, maybe 86, went out to UCLA, got trained in uh, by Stan the Man Melamin, okay? The expert at that <laughs> time the on man. it. Stan the Man. <laughs> Shout out to Stan if you're out there. Anyway, um, but uh, Stan wrote the textbooks on sedative dentistry back in, in the day, okay? Now, since then, there's been a tremendous uh, evolution again in this area of dentistry, and there are courses that a variety of dentists can go to to get uh, different levels of sedation. But the, the sedation can, is, is, a, is a, a range, I guess, you know, in a sense. I mean, obviously, most dental offices have nitrous oxide. Well, that's a sedative, mm -hmm. but it's a very light one. Right. Okay. Now, it's very safe for most people, unless you have the MTHFR gene, then it's not safe. Okay, but for most people, you know, nitrous oxide, they can just get a little bit relaxed and it wears off very quickly. They can even drive themselves to and from appointment. But we have oral sedation and then we have IV sedation. But 75% of the adults in this country do not seek dental care because they're frightened. Right. So there are options and yeah. you provide one, which is sedation. Yeah. So for people who want to learn more and to make an appointment with Dr. Anderson, visit toothbuilder.com or call 651-735-4661. Thank you, Dr. Anderson, well, for joining you. us. Yeah. And thank you for joining our conversation today as we awaken to natural health. To find a podcast of this show on AM 950 Radio, on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and I'm wishing for you a lovely day. Lovely day. Lovely day. Lovely day. Lovely day.